Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Saga, Chapter 6 of the Orkney Men. Now it is to be told of King Carl that he went to Scotland after the battle with Elf Thorfinn and collected an army as well from the south as the west and the east of Scotland and all the way from Kintyre, that is Satiri. The forces for which Almodin had sent also came to him from Ireland. He sent far and near to the chieftains for men and brought all this army against Thorfinn. They met at Torfness, on the south side of Bayfjord. There was a fierce battle, and the Scots were by far the most numerous. Thorfinn was among the foremost of his men. He had a gold-plated helmet on his head, a sword at his belt, and a spear in his hand, and he cut and thrust with both hands. It is even said that he was the foremost of all his men. He attacked the Irish division, and so fierce were he and his men that the Irish were immediately rooted and never regained their position. Then King Carl had his standard brought forward against Thorfinn, and there was the fiercest struggle for a while, but it ended in the flight of the king, and some say he was slain. Thus Arnar Jarlisgard. Reddened were the wolf spits edges at a place, men call it Torfness. It was by a youthful ruler this was done upon a Monday. Plying swords were loudly ringing at this war thing south of Echiel and when the prince had joined in battle bravely with the king of Scotland. High his helm, the lord of Hjaltland, bore amid the clang of weapons, in the battle ever foremost, reddened he his gleaming spear-point in the wounds he gave the Irish. Thus my lord his mighty prowess showed beneath his British buckler, taking many warriors captive, blood for his kinsmen burnt the country. Earl Thorfinn drove the fugitives before him through Scotland and subdued the country wherever he went, and all the way south to Fife. Then he sent Thorkel Fostry away with some of his men. When the Scots heard that the Earl had sent away some of his men, those that had submitted to him meant to attack him. As soon, however, as he was aware of their treachery, he called his men together and went to meet them. But when they knew he was prepared, they hesitated to make the attack. Thorfinn resolved to give battle to the Scots as soon as he met them, but they had not the manliness to defend themselves and ran away into the woods and deserted places, and when he had pursued the fugitives, he called his men together and said he would burn the whole district and thus pay the Scots for their treachery. Then the Earl's men went over the hamlets and farms and burnt everything, so that scarcely a hut was left standing. Those of the men whom they found they killed. But the women and old people dragged themselves into the woods and deserted places, with wailings and lamentations. Some of them they drove before them, and many were taken captives. Thus says Arnor Jarlisgard. Fast the flames devoured the homesteads, 
Lives that day were in great peril. Fire the Scottish kingdom ravaged, all reduced to smoking ashes. Great the mischief done that summer, by the mighty slaughter teacher. Three times were the luckless Scotsmen, by the prince completely vanquished. After this, Thorfinn went through Scotland to the north, till he reached his ships, and subdued the country wherever he went, and did not stop till he came to Cape Ness, where he spent the winter. But every season after this, he went out in expeditions, and plundered in the summer with all his men. Chapter 7 The Famous Deeds of Earl Thorfinn Earl Thorfinn made himself famous in the Orkneys by entertaining his own men and many of the other men of note throughout the winter, so that no one had to go to the inns. Providing food and drink at his own charges, in the same manner as chiefs in other countries, kings and earls entertained their henchmen and guests at Christmas time. About this time, Earl Brucey died, and Thorfinn took possession of all the islands. While of Roggenwald, Brucey's son, it is said he was in the Battle of Stickelstad when King Olaf was killed. Roggenwald escaped with the other fugitives, and when carried away King Olaf's brother, Harold Sigurdsson, who was dangerously wounded, and brought him to a small bondy to be cured. But he himself crossed the Kjol and went to Jamteland, and thence to Sweden to see King Onund. Harold stayed with Bondi until he had recovered from his wounds. The Bondi then gave him his son as an attendant, and he went through Jamteland to Sweden secretly. At their parting, which took place in a certain copse, Harold sang, Though now thus here and there I'm hunted through the covert, small's the honour. Who knows but that far and wide, yet some day shall my name be famous. Harold met Roggenwald in Sweden, and they went both of them east to Gardereki, to Russia along with many others who had been with King Olaf. They did not stop till they came east to King Jaroslief and Holmgard, and he received them most heartily for the sake of King Olaf the Holy. He took them both, as well as Erling, Roggenwald's son, into his service as defenders of his country. Chapter 8 Magnus, Olaf's son, accepted king of Norway. Roggenwald, Bruce's son, Remained in Gardariki when Harald Sigurdsson went to Miklegard, that is Constantinople. He had the defence of the frontier in the summer and spent the winters in Holmgard. The king, as well as the people, esteemed him highly. Roggenwald was a man of large stature and great strength, and one of the handsomest men in appearance. And his accomplishments were such that his equal was hardly to be found. Arnold Jarlisgaard says he fought ten battles in Garder. Einar Tham Barsgelfir and Kalf Arneson brought Magnus, Olaf's son, from Gardariki. Roggenwald met them, and he had nearly made an attack on Kalf before he had informed him of their business. Einar said that Kalf repented of his share in the great crime of having deprived King Olaf the Holy of his life and kingdom, and that he now wished to make amends to his son Magnus. He further told Roggenwald that Kalf wished to place Magnus on the throne and support him against the Vikings in the pay of the Canutes. By this, Roggenwald was softened, and now Einar Thambarskalfir asked him to go with them up to Holmgard, and introduce them and their business to King Jarislief. He should tell them that Norwegians were so disgusted with the rule of the Canutes, but most of all with Alfifa, that they would prefer any hardship to serving them longer. And then he should ask King Jarislief to permit Magnus 
Olafsson, to become their chief. When they came there, Rugenwald, Queen Ingegerd, and many of the noblemen pleaded their cause. King Yaroslav was unwilling to trust Magnus in the hands of the Norwegians because of their treatment of his father. At last, however, they succeeded so far that twelve of the noblest men made oaths to the effect that their offers were sincere. But King Yaroslav trusted Rogenwald so much that he did not require him to swear. Kalf promised King Magnus with an oath that he would accompany him both within the kingdom and out of it, and do everything to support his power and to secure his safety. Thereupon the Norwegians accepted Magnus as their king, and swore fealty to him. Einar and Kalf stayed in Holmgarald till after Christmas. Then they procured ships. As soon as the sea was open in the spring, Roggenwald, Bruce's son, made himself ready to go with King Magnus. They went first to Sweden, then to Jamtaland, crossed the Kjall, and came to Veradal. When King Magnus came to Thrandheim, all the population submitted to him. Then he went down to Nidaros, and was accepted king of the whole country at the Eirarthing. After this came the dealings of King Magnus and King Svein. Chapter 9 Roggenwald asks Magnus for leave to go to the islands. When Roggenwald, Bruce's son, came to Norway, he heard of the death of his father Bruce, and at the same time that Thorfinn had taken possession of the whole of the islands. Then he wished to visit his old possessions and asked King Magnus to permit him to go. The king saw that it was necessary for him to go and willingly gave him permission. At the same time, he gave him the title of Earl and three warships well equipped. He also gave him a grant of the third part of the Orkneys which King Olaf had possessed and had given to his father Brucey. At last, King Magnus promised his foster brother his full friendship, adding that his assistance should be at his service whenever he required it. Thus they parted the best of friends. Chapter 10 of Roggenwald's Voyage Roggenwald sailed for the Orkneys and went first to the estates which his father had possessed. Thence he sent messengers to his kinsman, Earl Thorfinn, and asked for that third part of the islands which had belonged to his father. He also requested them to tell him that he had obtained from King Magnus a grant of that third which had belonged to King Olaf. He therefore demanded two-thirds, if it was the pleasure of his kinsman Thorfinn. At this time, Thorfinn had great quarrels with the Irish and the inhabitants of Sudriar, that is the Hebrides, and felt himself greatly in want of assistance. He therefore gave Roggenwald's messengers the following reply, that Roggenwald should take possession of that third which rightly belonged to him. As for the third which Magnus calls his own, he said, We gave that up to King Olaf the Holy, because we were then in his power, but not because we thought it just. I and my kinsman Roggenwald will agree all the better, unless we talk of that third, which has so long been enough a cause of dispute. But if Roggenwald wishes to be my faithful friend, I consider those possessions in good hands, which he has for his pleasure and for the good of us both. His assistance will soon be of greater value to me than the revenues which I derive from them. Upon this, the messengers returned, and said he had yielded up to Roggenwald two-thirds on condition that they should be allies, as it was right that they should be, on account of their relationship. Roggenwald said, however, that he did not demand more than what he considered his own, but as Thorfinn had so willingly given up the lands, he would indeed assist him and be his firm friend, which was but natural as they were so nearly related. 
Accordingly, Roggenwald took possession of two-thirds of the islands. Chapter 11 The Battle of the Kinsmen Thorfinn and Roggenwald Early in the spring, Thorfinn sent word to his kinsman Roggenwald and asked him to go out with him on an expedition, bringing as many men as he could. As soon as Roggenwald received this message, he collected together as many men and vessels as he could, and when he was ready he went to meet Earl Thorfinn, who was also ready with his band. He received his kinsman Roggenwald very well, and they joined forces. During the summer they plundered in Sidriar, and in Ireland, and in Scotland's fjord, and Thorfinn conquered the land wherever he went. They had a great battle at a place called Bansfjord. It began early in the morning, and the kinsmen gained victory. This is mentioned by Arnold Jarlskart. Know ye that place, Badensfjord? There I was in greatest danger. Marks are there of my lord's doings, he who tries the strength of warriors. Forth the people quickly carried from ships the shields of many. Then was heard the dismal howling of the grey wolf o'er the corpses. After this battle they returned to the Orkneys and stayed at home during the winter. Thus eight winters passed that Earl Roggenwald had two-thirds of the islands without any objection on the part of Thorfinn. Every summer they went out on war expeditions, sometimes both together, sometimes separately, as Arnor says. The chief beloved did many deeds. Everywhere there fell before him Irishmen or British people. Fire devoured the Scottish kingdom. The kinsmen agreed very well whenever they met. But when bad men went between them, dissensions often arose. Earl Thorfinn dwelt for the most part in Caithness, at a place called Gadgedlar, where Scotland and England meet. Chapter 12 Of Earl Thorfinn's Warfare One summer, Earl Thorfinn made war in the Sidriar, that is the Hebrides, and in Scotland. He had sent men into England to foray, and they had carried away all the spoil they could find. But when the English became aware of the presence of the Vikings, they gathered together and attacked them. They took from them all the cattle and killed all the men that were of any note, but sent back some of the reavers and requested them to tell Earl Thorfinn how they had made the Vikings tired of plunder and rapine, to which they added many insulting words. Thereupon the reavers went to Earl Thorfinn and told them of their mishaps. He was greatly annoyed at the loss of his men. Yet he said he would not do anything, and that they would have to refrain at this time. But he said he was quite able to repay the Englishmen for their mockery, and would do so if he were well the next summer. Chapter 13 Of Earl Thorfinn's Expedition to England At that time, Hardicanut was king of England and Denmark. Earl Thorfinn went to the Orkneys and spent the winter there. Early in the spring, he called out a levy from all his domains and sent word to his kinsman, Roggenwald. Roggenwald assented, and called out men from all his possessions. Thorfinn collected troops in Caithness and the Orkneys. He also had many from Scotland and Ireland, and from the Sidriar, and with all these forces he sailed to England as he had promised. Hardicanute was in Denmark at the time. As soon as the earls came into England, they began to hurry and plunder, but the chiefs whose duty was to defend the land went to meet them with an army. There was a great and fierce battle, in which the earls gained victory. After this, they plundered far and wide in England, 
slaying men and burning the dwellings of people, as is mentioned by Arner. Not forgotten was this battle by the English or men ever. Hither came the rich ring-giver, with his warriors nearly doubled. Swords cut keenly under shield boss, brushed all Roganwald's men together. Strong were all the old one's people. South of man these things did happen. On the native land of Britons brought the earl his banner forward. Reddened then his beak the eagle. Forward pressing hard his warriors. Battle waxed and men diminished. Fugitives were chased by victors. Blazed the fire with red rays gleaming. Of the woods full leaping heavenward. Earl Thorfinn had two pitched battles in England. Besides, he had many casual encounters, and slew many people. He stayed there throughout the summer, and went back in the autumn to the Orkneys for the winter. <laughs>